2: It's
4: just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor-Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
1: Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum.
0: And today we have an episode for you about poutine. Or poutine, I think, as you would say it. I think, yeah, I think it's Poutin.
1: Poutin um, Nikes. <laughs> yes, yes. This is interesting in the light of our episode we just did on Gouda, <laughs> where it's just so accepted that there's this other pronunciation that you might not ever question it. Yeah. Um, Here in the U.S., which is even doubly funny because Can- Canada is not that far away. <laughs> No, it's um, really
0: right there. It's there's not it's even a really not even a ocean separating us. Um,
1: yeah, it, <laughs> and uh, there is my ex boyfriend. Every time I would bring up poutine, which I'm sorry, apologies in advance, but we're probably gonna say poutine for the most of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but every time I would say it, he would bring up a joke from I believe it was Modern Family, um, where. That main dude that I don't know his name. But oh, I, you know who I don't, it is. I don't know either, but, sure, but someone out there knows. Yeah, someone that one. Out there, that guy yeah. would say, I'm not poutine it in my mouth. Um <laughs> which folly for that dude, because it's yeah. delicious. Right? Um, it is so good. And in fact, as we record this, it's a very dreary, drizzly mm-hmm. day. It's cold. Here in Atlanta. Early
0: November, which which is yeah. just a very like like right, just dreary fall day. The kind of thing that makes you just want to build a pillow fort yes. and crawl I've in there and not come out until socks. spring.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is one of those days where you're like, I don't want to go out. I just want to cover myself in blankets. <laughs> and I will tell you, the poutine craving <laughs> on a day like this is off the chart. I want it so bad that i feel like it would be perfect right now yeah yeah oh
0: i keep oh. i keep thinking about one of the um one of the like like after work happy hour restaurants that we used to go to when we were in the office uh nearby had a very good poutine mm-hmm. and a very good like <laughs> like both both a beef one and a vegetarian mushroom one
1: the mushroom one was the best it was, was so really it was really good it was good Yes.
0: Oh, Oh. I miss all of that.
1: Oh, me too. And I mean, if it's not clear, I do love a good poutine. I think I've told this story before when my parents and I, we went to Tofino, Canada, which I actually want to go back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a beautiful place. It's really small. Lots of storms. Um, I went out of my way to make sure they got some. Like I went to this (laughs) very obscure place. Mm -hmm. And and this was a it's a small place that they had like two taxis. Um, oh. So you really had to plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, where okay. Go. Right. Love yeah.
0: that. Yeah.
1: Oh, and they loved it too. They loved it. It's hard for me not to get it when it's on a menu. Um, and Canada was the last place I traveled before um quarantine really set in. I think right, I was there right. At the Beginning of March for like, a puppet right. festival. Right. Uh huh. Yeah, in Montreal, and I had some delicious poutine at. La Banquise, which is an institution there, a lot of the articles you'll look up for poutine has this, like, somebody from this uh, restaurant or just a, a mention of this restaurant in yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I saw I saw this name over and over and over again.
1: Yes, and it was cold, and there was so much snow outside, and I was just eating this, like, warm oh. poutine. <laughs> oh, it was so good, it was so good. And I love how many of you have written in about various types of poutine you can find like at yeah. the mall or at different restaurants or like pizza and <laughs> just all these different poutines
0: yes mm-hmm. I um I've never been to Canada or like i've I've like hopped over just enough like 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 the other side of Niagara Falls like I've mm-hmm. been to Canada but like that's that's it mm-hmm. um that is the extent I've, of, of of my transversal. Of the Canadian, <laughs> the Canadian countryside. Um, so, hmm. yeah, I A, really, really, really want to go. We keep hearing amazing things from y'all. And, um, oh, man, there was one time that Bourdain went there and everything looked glorious. Um, yeah. And I, oh, travel, oh, yeah. travel. The other day, I missed being in airports. Mhm. <laughs> I hate being in airports, but I was like, man. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't it be great to be that that kind of stressed out right now?
1: I hear you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we do we do hear so many uh, food suggestions from Canada. Yeah, sounds so good. It
0: does, <laughs> so. right? Goodness. So, so anyway, um, uh, believe us, believe us. Um, it is on our list. But in the mm. meanwhile, in Canada, uh, National Poutine Day is April eleventh, and uh, Poutine Week, which is a restaurant festival focusing on poutine, is the uh, first week of February every year. So we are so
1: early. We are like oh, yeah. way we ahead got to, of the game. Got a runway, yeah, <laughs> yes, as <laughs> they say. Um, and you can see uh, past episodes we've done on French fries, not yet potatoes, but no. several adjacent episodes, certainly not on potatoes yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. Not today. No. <laughs> also, past cheese episodes because we are going to be talking mm-hmm. about some cheese in yeah, here. Definitely. Yes. But I guess that brings us to our question. I guess it does. Poutine. What is it?
0: Well, uh, poutine or poutine.
1: Poutine, perhaps.
0: Poutine? <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry I don't speak French. Um, okay, uh, I'm just going to go with poutine, y'all. Uh, poutine is a dish composed of French fried potatoes topped with gravy and cheese curds and served hot. Uh, The cheese starts melting and like stringing a little from the heat of the fries and the gravy. It is a beautiful mess. It's like nachos from the north. It's like getting a hug simultaneously from every grandmother who has ever told a child, you're too skinny, eat something. Um, Mm -hmm. It's crispy and tender and chewy and like a little soggy and rich and savory and salty. It is just such an amazing, shareable, comfort food slash bar snack. Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> it's so good. And oh. your description is as always wonderful. <laughs> mm.
0: Mm. Um <laughs> but uh but I suppose that that those, you know that that's like three fairly basic ingredients, but let's go into them a little bit. Um the fries uh you want hand cut fries Um, ideally, uh, you know, like thick, but not too thick, like maybe a quarter inch. That's about half a centimeter thick so that, um, they're, they're good and crisp on the outside and just fluffy, tender on the inside. Annie is making the most amazing faces through all of this, (laughs) y'all. She's just so sad and like wistful. (laughs) I want it so badly. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Only a little more torture. Um, Uh, uh, The gravy. um, I suppose you could make them with whatever kind of gravy you want, but the the usual type is a brown gravy uh, made with butter and flour and stock. Um, to create a, like, medium-bodied gravy that will coat the surface of the fries and the curds. Um, I've seen gravies that include bits of whatever the stock was made with, like beef or mushrooms um, or whatever. Uh, the curds. This is not an episode about cheese curds. Um, uh,
1: but we have to do that soon. We yes. do.
0: We do. But briefly, I, I feel like we need to save that for when we get to go to Wisconsin, because I know a number of humans from Wisconsin who would just disown me if <laughs> i did not go to there mm. before talking about it. Oh, they have a cheese castle, Lauren. A <laughs>
1: cheese castle. The curds, they squeak. <laughs> <laughs> although, although
0: i feel like we could get away with going to a place in Canada. Yeah. Yes. In Quebec, uh as a substitute. Anyway, okay, uh, back to back to cheese curds. So, um uh briefly, cheese curds are a fresh cheese product. They're, they're what you get early in the cheesemaking process for just about any type of cheese that you're going to press into wheels or or blocks and age, like, um, like cheddar or gouda or parm or whatever. Um, so so the first big step in cheesemaking is convincing the two kind of basic components of milk, being the water and the water-soluble stuff uh, called the whey, to separate out from the fat and the fat-soluble stuff called the curds, um, and then you drain the whey, and you go on to uh, uh, press and age the curds to preserve them. But in the case of cheese curds, you're, you're just taking those whole lovely clumpy lumpy curds um, minus the whey and selling them as fresh as possible. Um, they'll be kind of a little like an unevenly shaped nuggets, maybe the size of a finger joint or so. Um, they've got a texture somewhere in between, like a like a cheddar and a mozzarella. Maybe, and within the first twelve hours or so after production, they'll squeak against your teeth when you eat them, and that's due to these um, these long elastic protein strands that are still all bundled up together in them um, at that time when they're that fresh. The cheese curds used for poutine are usually creamy white in color. Um, you can get cheese curds here in the states that are more likely to be like yellow to orange, um, but usually. The poutine ones are beautiful, creamy white.
1: <laughs> I am literally racking my brains right now for where I can go. Get <laughs> um,
0: I've seen some at uh, your decab farmers market, but I, I'm not sure how fresh they are. Um, oh, oh. Some folks, some folks go so far as to recommend that you make your own fresh cheese curds if you cannot find any in your area. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. um, uh, There is uh, an amazingly serious recipe uh, completely from scratch up on Serious Eats, appropriately serious, I suppose, um, Mm. that starts with, yes, making your own cheese curds and making your own oxtail slash chicken stock to make sure that your gravy is the right gravy. Wow. And hand-cutting your fries and doing the whole thing. Yeah, so...
1: Okay. So project. If you, yeah, yeah. If
0: y'all need that level of, of of poutine completion in your life, check out how to make the best ultimate poutine. I think that's the title. Yes. Mm-hmm. On SeriousEats.com. <laughs> that being said, uh, this is very often a food that people order out rather than making at home. Yes. And uh it's it's often as i said kind of like a bar snack like an accompaniment to alcohol because it will kind of sop everything up um and uh and the that that traditional recipe is really only the beginning um it is pretty infinitely customizable you can get super fancy with it um as we will discuss in our history outline you can also like I mean, I've seen all kinds of sauces added. Like, you usually do keep the gravy base, I think. But then on top of that, you could add, like, various barbecue sauces. I don't know, ranch, sriracha, buffalo sauce, maple syrup, a butter chicken sauce. um, Toppings from salsa and guac to onions and peas to pulled pork and bacon to fried cauliflower and fried chicken to tater tots and (laughs) pierogies. Like, hey, <laughs> did you need some more potato on top of your potato? We've got that. Yes. <laughs> and just by the way, all of the toppings I just listed are from a single restaurant. You can get all of those at a single restaurant. <laughs> that's <laughs> from that's from the chain uh, Smokes
1: Poutinerie. Um uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Well, <laughs> I guess that brings us to the question. Uh, what about the nutrition? <laughs> yeah, you know this is a
0: calorie dense food for sure uh, it's got protein and carbs and fat that will fill you up and help keep you going um but but yeah I'd, I'd say I'd say that that the level of fat would probably put it in the treat category um, and treats are nice have some treats uh, you know eat a vegetable drink responsibly.
1: yeah yeah it, it was funny how many people. And the articles I was reading about this were like, you know, I love poutine. I love it so much. I only have it very rarely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. I will say like on a, uh, I also read something about, you know, why perhaps this all came together in Quebec. And I, I remember that day when I was eating it at that place, and it was so cold there in Montreal. There was so much snow, and it just felt so hearty. It just felt so, like, yeah. warming and satisfying. And, yep, I, I think I get it. <laughs> I real... get it for
0: multiple reasons. <laughs> <laughs> a real stick-to-your-ribs kind
1: of dish. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, we do have a few numbers for you. A few, Yeah. Um, so there is a world poutine eating championship, and definitely multiple poutine festivals.
0: Yeah. Um. At that world poutine eating championship, I believe that Joey Chestnut, who uh, is a competitive eater about town, um, uh, town being the the planet, um, uh, is, <laughs> he, he's the current uh, eating record holder with twenty eight pounds downed in ten minutes in twenty nineteen.
1: Wow! I just clutched my chair. So...
0: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I think I had about the same reaction. Um, mm. uh, I think the I think the current world record for the largest poutine was also set in 2019, um, with a dish weighing 3,038 kilos. That's approximately six thousand six hundred and ninety-eight pounds. Um, around a third of that weight was cheese curds. Uh, which three cheese makers split the duty of creating. It took about 28 hours for each shop to create their like third or so of the cheese. Some 40 deep fryers were used for the, for the potatoes. Um, and the event, which was in Warwick, which I hope I'm saying correctly. I didn't look it up and I'm not gonna, I'm so sorry. Um, it's in, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in, it's in a, um, a famed cheese making area, um, in Quebec. Uh, the event took place in uh, in Warwick, Quebec, and was raising funds for a uh, colorectal cancer prevention.
1: Hmm. Wow! Yeah, that's a
0: a lot of poutine. <laughs> it, <laughs> it it's yeah. it's more than I would want to tackle alone.
2: Yes. Oh yes. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Also, poutine is so popular in Canada that you can get it at places like McDonald's or Burger King, which is actually. I think we've talked before, but this is one of my fascinations, is the uh, specificities at these chain restaurants. Yeah, in different around places. the world, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not without contention for multiple reasons. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yes. Which we are going to get into in our history section.
0: Which we will in turn get into after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> <laughs> Give me museums. South Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism and Marketing District Assessment Funds.
4: Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black.
2: I want people to hear my voice and just forget their
4: troubles. Experience the music and her story.
2: Know this. I ain't no spy, girl.
4: Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. <laughs> On the big screen.
2: I want to be remembered
4: for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not minutes without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
3: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults you know you're worth it we do too so don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
1: and we're back thank you sponsor yes thank you and yes we are back with some controversy, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> some debate, um, another beloved national dish, another controversial history. Um, in my mind, I'm saying that in the same cadence that Doug slash Taika Waititi says that in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh. He says, another day, another Doug. <laughs> oh, so I'm, I've got it all mixed up. Korg, not Doug. Excuse me. But that's, you know, the general vibe I've gotten uh, right off the top. But uh, many sources place the origins of poutine in rural Quebec in the 1950s. That's about all that's agreed upon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we said, curd episode in the future. Yeah. Potato episode, different time. Uh Gravy episode, also separate. Yes. Um, But this one dish, that's what we're talking
0: about today. Uh Uh-huh. Let's, let's focus, folks. Let's focus.
1: Yes, let's focus. Um, also, this is another fun with pronunciation episode, but we're going to do our best. Um, <laughs> yes. So, one of the most widely told versions of this story, of the story of poutine, credits a restaurant called La Lutin qui in Warwick in 1957, or um, the sister restaurant, possibly, um, Café Idial, um, allegedly... A regular patron named Eddie Lannes was in a big hurry and requested that the restaurant's owner, Ferdinand Lachance, put French fries and cheese curds in the same bag to save time. The story goes that the restaurant owner looked in the bag and called it poutine um, or the Quebecois slang for mess or that he (laughs) said uh, the request was going to make a damn mess. Uh, (laughs) Mysteries, history. I love how it's always like, it was a regular patron. He was in a hurry. Put him in the same bag. <laughs> you know? You know? It, it does save you time, I guess. Because uh, that is a common theme throughout these stories. Is that yeah, a time through a lot saver. of these dishes,
0: it's just someone was like, I don't have time for your cold
1: cut plate. <laughs> yeah. This is what I have. It's going in one bag. <laughs> Stack it up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So another restaurant, Leroy Jussep, out of Drummondville, owns a trademark for poutine. Okay. Uh huh. In 1964, the then owner, Jean Paul Roy, served what some label the first version of poutine as most people think of it today, being the fries, cheese, and gravy. Roy reportedly got the idea after observing a lot of customers ordering a side of curds to go with their fries and gravy dish, a dish he'd first introduced in 1958. It was kind of their, like, okay. go-to dish. And then mm-hmm. people were ordering lot of curds alongside, and he was like, wait a minute. Um, uh-huh. Employees say he named it Poutine for two reasons, one being that mess, um, meaning that we talked about earlier, the other being the chef's name was Tee Poo. Um, not surprisingly, the city of Drummondville, <laughs> their tourism board really leaned into this, really pushes this narrative. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh they got a really funny ad you can you can watch about it. Um quick note about the name. Some think it might actually have derived from the English word for pudding or a different Quebec word for stew and somewhere I read even said bad stew, but I wasn't sure what bad stew meant. Oh. Um <laughs> yeah. According to Merriam-Webster, the word in this context first appeared in English in 1982, which doesn't necessarily track with these stories we're telling. But I guess sometimes it does take a minute um, for these things to take a firm grasp enough to get into the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Yeah, yeah. Or, or
0: certainly, like, like you know, the word having been published in 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 French.
1: Previous to that, um, but just not in English. That's true. Um, Others think that poutine may have been invented by one of Quebec's curd-producing dairy farms. One in particular, Princess, partnered with a nearby restaurant called La Petite Vache to sell their curds at the counter since the dairy didn't have a storefront of its own. One of the restaurant's regular customers would order the curds and mix them with his fries. His creation was known as the 50-50 because it was half fries and half curds. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, Someone along the way got the idea to add gravy and the name was changed to mixed. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, fries and cheese is a good combination. Oh, yeah. Makes
0: sense. Sure, sure. (laughs) Yes. As with many things, I feel like any and all of these stories could certainly be accurate.
1: Yes happening simultaneously.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and very very briefly, very very briefly. <laughs> Samuel de Champlain founded Quebec City and introduced cows there around 1610. Um arriving French settlers brought their love of cheese and cheese making traditions with them and cheese and dairy farms became an important part of that area's economy. Historians think a glut of dairy in the 1950s in this area led to extra cheese curds finding their way in diners and shops across the region, which makes sense that people would be like, how do we use these? Put them in fries! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Sure, yeah. However it got started, poutine spread across Quebec and then across Canada with different restaurants putting their own spins on it and trying out different toppings. Poutine made it to Quebec City in 1969 and Montreal by 1983. And, of course, this is what we have records of. It could have been there before then. Mm-hmm. Um, by 1985, it was appearing at Canadian Chains. At this point, it was pretty widely available at things like food trucks. And I think by then it had even already garnered this reputation of sort of the late night food, like snack mm-hmm. food. Um Poutine could be found in other countries like the U.S., Russia, and the U.K. by the 1970s. The dish's popularity continued to grow, and in the 2000s, it wasn't uncommon to find it on menus at more upscale places in Canada. One of the first instances, one of the most well-known instances of this, mm-hmm. was at a Montreal restaurant named Au Pied de Cochon in 2002 when customers could order foie gras poutine. I believe you can still get it, and I— I looked at my Montreal map uh for, you know, I make my maps when I go to a place.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, you did. And I,
1: I revisited it for this episode just to be like,
0: oh yeah.
1: And it was on there. I did not go, but I did have it. Oh, online. it was on. Uh, okay.
0: You know. Well, you can't get yes. to everything
1: every time. It's true. This is true. Um, very I wanted to touch on this very brief disco fries aside, which I'd never heard of disco fries. Have you heard of them, Lauren? I have not. Yeah, I had or not. Of them.
0: It, it came up in my reading for this, yeah.
1: Yeah, so disco fries um, are these fries with gravy and mozzarella and cheese, and they're often called America's version of poutine, though some disagree with that assessment vehemently. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they are believed to have been invented in New Jersey or maybe New York in the 1970s, though some say it may have actually been in the 1990s. The name came from the fact that disco fries were a favorite food of the late night crowd. Um, listeners, please write in with your experience, but also like this is just a very brief. I understand people have strong opinions about it. Um, yes. I'm just saying we had to touch on it because a lot of people were like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's disco this fries. other fries and gravy and cheese dish we should mention it. Uh, but yes, right.
1: Yeah, that, we'll come that, back.
0: We're only reporting. <laughs> we're
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. I understand it's a whole thing. I just wanted to be like, yep, uh, understand. Um, Also, there is a, from something, some articles I read, there's a, something that's called poutine also in Canada, but it's like dumplings with uh, like meat in the inside. Oh, huh. And they're normally served around the holidays and especially Christmas. Um, So that is also a thing that exists. And also listeners,
2: if yeah. If you'd like to
1: write in about that. Oh,
0: please do.
1: Mm, sounds so good.
0: Any, any dumpling news that you have for us. <laughs> yes.
1: Dumpling news all. is generally very, very welcome. <laughs> um, in the year 2000, Canadian comedian Rick Mercer interviewed a group of American politicians for a segment on his program, This Hour Has 22 Minutes, oh. including then presidential candidate George W. Bush. Mercer made a comment about Prime Minister Jean Poutine, and many, including Bush, responded, uh, not acknowledging that this was not, in fact, the name of Canada's Prime Minister at the time, or like ever, but yeah, at this time. Uh And this story made international news, and actually, um, it made international news again because some of the reporters reporting on it. thought that Bush had misunderstood the name Putin of uh, Russia. Oh. (laughs) Vladimir Putin. Oh, Um, my goodness. it was a double... (laughs) (laughs) It was a double controversy. Well, there you go. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I guess that gives some... Uh, credence? Credence isn't the word I'm looking for at all. But, yeah, it shows the light. It shines a light on how we are not pronouncing it the way that they would pronounce it.
0: Sure, yes. In Canada. Yes. <laughs> uh, in 2003, uh, an organization of health-concerned parents in Toronto petitioned successfully to remove poutine from school lunch menus.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah... But also yeah, great <laughs> right. mixed emotions thing, right? Happened. I'm like,
0: well, that's sad, that's sad, but also, like, probably not unfair health wise.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. uh, then in 2008, uh, the first poutine focused chain, um, the aforementioned smokes, launched. Um, there have since been others, including uh, La Poutinerie and Poutini's House of Poutine. <laughs> Love it, which is wonderful. Um, yes. Also, there is a lot of cat activity in this episode. I, I'm not sorry. I find it delightful. As we said, it's a cold,
1: dreary day.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: cat activity, welcome.
0: Yeah, it's 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 honestly pretty annoying because a lot of what he's th- this is this is gray cat and he's just staring at me, mm. like, ma'am, <laughs> what are you doing and why is it not petting me? Um, <laughs> But anyway, back to poutine.
1: Yes. Um, Chef Chuck Hughes won an Iron Chef America competition with his entry of lobster poutine in 2011. And blogger Naeem Adam founded Poutine Week in 2013, which we mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, 30 restaurants participated and people voted for their favorite poutine online. I believe the statistic given was 100,000 people voted in the first week or visited huh. the website in the first week at uh,
0: least uh 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 um then in 2014 uh, Lay's potato chips had a bacon poutine flavor available only in Canada um after it placed as a finalist in their do us a flavor contest <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, and, and around that time, uh, poutine was really proliferating in the United States with lots of uh, local restaurants trying takes on the dish from from poutine burgers to like ramen fries topped with gravy and cheese curds.
1: All All, ki- all kinds of stuff. Ugh, oh, I'm so hungry. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So, stepping back a bit, in 2012, Wendy's caused some controversy when it started a, quote, um oh, to no. make <laughs> poutine Canada's national dish. And this didn't sit well with a lot of folks in Quebec, given Quebec's regional identity and history of independence. On top of that, for several decades, poutine was viewed as a dish for the poor, um, and other parts of Canada made jokes about Quebec and its poutine. It was kind of looked down upon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, President Barack Obama added to this when he served Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau poutine in 2016, saying, We want our Canadian friends to fill at home. And a lot of articles uh, we found researching this labeled it as a Canadian dish, which is, again, this sort of point of contention. Of contention, sure, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: there, there was a really fascinating paper that, um, that we saw referenced in a lot of the stuff that we read and, and that we also, uh, found and read, um, called Poutine Dynamics. Um, and this is from the journal Cuisine, uh, the Journal of Canadian Food Cultures, uh, published in 2016. And it is just a really terrific academic paper about all of, all of these issues. Um, the, the entire, Yeah, just just social dynamics of this dish and how it went from being, you know, like kind of a food that other people from outside the area might have made jokes about um, to something that's kind of nationally celebrated. Um, it, It really reminded me of some of the conversations that we have here in the States about foods that originated in poor areas, usually from black cooks and chefs in the South. And mm-hmm. then have have made it to a national stage and have been made much of after, you know, we spent years and years, you know, d- decades, centuries being like, oh, you're eating chicken. Right. And now we're like, heck, yeah, Nashville hot fried chicken. Like, but right. Yeah, I don't know. And let's it's, make it our
1: national symbol. Uh, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and, 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 and that kind of thing. And, you know, and so like, yeah. And, and that was a side to Putin that not knowing that much about Canadian culture or or Quebecois culture. Um mm-hmm. I just had not heard about, and so, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting, um, and there are a lot of in these discussions it, it it does touch on a lot of stuff that we talk about a lot on this show, um and also, I believe I mean, this is still ongoing in Quebec recently Can- Canada recently, I had like this whole. Kind of forum on should Quebec be its own thing? Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely something that is still ongoing, and uh. I can see like why that would be frustrating if you had a food. People make fun of it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "No, it's good," and now we're going <laughs> to sell it for a lot more money, and it's all of ours now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. But uh, that being said, we would love to hear from anybody, um, as always, in Quebec, in Canada, anyone at all. Poutine is lovely. I, yes, I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> yes,
0: so much so. And yeah, so so thank thank y'all for for sharing it with us. Mm. Um, I am so glad whenever mm-hmm. it crosses my plate. <laughs>
1: Me as well. <laughs> Me as well. It's like one of those things when, like, you open a menu, my eyes just immediately zero in on it, and that's it. <laughs> like, nothing else happens. Nothing else like, matters. That's, that's it. There could be other amazing things on all the other pages, and I'm like, well,
0: <laughs> Like, the light's dim, and there's just one spotlight, and it's <laughs> yes. just on the poutine. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. great. Um. Oh,
1: so good. <laughs> well, I hope
0: that your poutine comes soon,
1: Annie. <laughs> Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm already like, where gonna go? We're going to go. How can I get it delivered? Um, but yes, I think that's what we have to say about it for now. Uh, it is.
0: Uh, we do have some listener mail for you, though.
1: We do. After one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth.
2: Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me.
4: Focus Features presents Back to Black.
2: I want people to hear my voice and just forget their
4: troubles. Experience the music and her story.
2: Know this, I ain't no spy girl.
4: Like never before. That's
2: my daughter. That's my Amy.
4: On the big screen.
2: I want to be remembered. Pictures just be
4: in me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, 90 a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
3: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you,
1: sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. Listener.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. That's how I'm going to feel whenever I get back. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Warm and happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Renee wrote, I was so excited to listen to your chopsticks episode. I waited in eager anticipation to see if you would mention the one thing that is forever burned into my brain. Do not stick your chopsticks into your food. Uh-uh. No way. <laughs> my mother will find you and slap your hand as she did mine. For context, (laughs) my mother is Japanese and my father is a good old southern gentleman. My mother never really taught us any Japanese customs or language. She left it up to my Caucasian army dad who taught us the colorful Japanese phrases. So I never knew that sticking your chopsticks in your rice or food was taboo until that fateful day. Oh, no. I jokingly stabbed my chopsticks into my rice. It was then... My quiet mother gently slacked my wrist and told me never to disrespect my ancestors like this. Oh, no. <laughs> I could actually feel all my past ancestors looking upon me with shame. Since then, I can't have any utensils sticking straight up in anything. I discreetly and quietly push the spoons or forks down to lay on their sides as I still <laughs> fear their disapproval. <laughs> I know it's only for Chopsticks but just in case. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> my father also taught us how to use chopsticks one day. Early on in my learning, um, we were at the only Japanese restaurant in my small town, and I pulled apart the small wooden chopsticks, and to my horror, watched as one stick, I swear in slow motion, <laughs> flew across the room and Aww. squarely hit a Japanese businessman in the head. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I felt my ancestors shake their heads at me again. <laughs> oh. And a quick thing I also own cooking chopsticks, which are longer than eating chopsticks. Often I use them in place of tongs, but I still give them a quick click, click to make sure they are working like any normal human would do with tongs. <laughs> again, I'm sure my ancestors <laughs> put their heads, their hands yeah. to their faces and shake their heads at me.
0: Well. <laughs> oh, always good to check. I mean, just because the spring action in chopsticks is your hand doesn't mean you shouldn't check it,
1: right? Yeah, you got to warm up. Yeah, gotta warm up. absolutely. Um, yes, yes. There's so much I relate to in this, even like oh. <laughs> accidentally hitting someone with a stray chopstick, <laughs> feeling that you've shaved your ancestors. I understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I, you know, <laughs> you're doing just great, Renee. <laughs> you
0: are, you are. We're, you're, you're trying, you're trying. We're all trying. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yes. Ah, uh, Kelsey wrote, was excited to see that the latest episode was horchata. It's what I always get at a Mexican restaurant if I don't order a margarita, and I had no idea it originated in Africa slash ancient Rome. I always knew it to be made with rice milk until I went to the uh, Las Fallas Festival in Valencia. This is a festival in the spring in which organizations and community groups build huge paper mache sculptures and burn them down at night while everyone parties in the streets and sets off firecrackers. And if you're me and my fellow American students, drink sangria from a box or with a straw. Anyway. Late that night, my friends and I were wandering down a busy street of food stands after enjoying the festivities when I spotted a little uh, horchata cart, uh, Catalan for horchata, I think I just said it pretty much the same way, it's spelled differently anyway, and I just had to run over and get some. Uh, this horchata was made from tiger nuts and was absolutely delicious and creamy and cinnamony and went well with the little a uh, uh, small donuts my friend bought. TLDR, Chata is delicious no matter what kind of milk it's made of or where in the world you are.
1: Oh, that sounds lovely. Oh, it does. Oh, my goodness. I love these festivals too, you all keep writing in about. I'm like, yes, yes, build a paper mache thing and then burn it down. (laughs) Have some more horchata while doing so. Yes, some and sangria. little donuts,
0: of course.
1: Oh, yes. this sounds amazing. All of this. <laughs> All of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing to us. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
0: We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Savor is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> <laughs> Give me museums! Balboa Park! Give me a woo! Roller coaster! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this
4: month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies
0: on
2: Haya.